Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Amber and I were married October the 19th, 2002. Now, upon us getting married, there was a pretty quick expectation that was put on our marriage, all right? And it wasn't by parents. It wasn't by friends. It was by one of my grandfathers. Once we got married, one of my grandfathers, Grandpa Moore, made it abundantly clear that he wanted a boy to be born while he was alive. All right? He needed a boy to be born. See, Scott is the last Moore in the Moore family tree. And so all Grandpa Moore wanted was to see another boy being born while he was here on this earth. So, in May 2005, when Ellie Moore was born, beautiful, she was cherished like any granddaughter would be. But it was known, Scott and Amber, you ain't done yet. You are not done yet because you have to get that boy. See, my grandfather, he was sweet and he was wise. He was a great man, really. But every time we were together, the conversation would come up. When are you going to have the boy? And we said to Grandpa, we're trying, all right? We said to Grandpa, we're doing our best. And the sentiment to him was this, we can't make any promises, but if we can do it, we're going to do it. If we can make it happen, we're going to make it happen. Well, April 23rd, 2006, when Jackson Moore was born at DCH Medical Center, Grandpa Moore's worries can be put to rest because now there's another baby boy with the last name Moore in this world. This story, I tell it to you because there's another story in the Christmas season, the Christmas story, that sounds a lot like this, and that's what I want to talk about today. Now, you may be new or maybe watching online for the first time. You don't know where we are this Christmas, so I want to kind of bring you what we're, uh, up to what we're doing. We're in this series, All I Want for Christmas, and we're talking about what it's like to be younger at Christmas time. We're remembering what it's like to make that Christmas list. The excitement that comes into Christmas morning, right? When you're young, you've got that You've got that hope of the morning of Christmas and all it can be. Well, we also know that as you get older, that hope can go away a little bit. Or just Christmas changes a little bit, isn't it? It becomes more about all other things. It becomes about all kinds of other people. But my argument this Christmas is it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if Christmas becomes more about friends, it becomes more about kids, it becomes more about your grandkids. There's all, in some, inside of us, there's, there's, there's in all of us a hope 
of something that we desire this Christmas. The problem is, while we have that little kid inside of us that has hopes on Christmas morning, what we mostly want can't really be found in a box most of the time. What we want really can't be bought. See, what we want for Christmas oftentimes has to do with our life circumstances or the emotions that we're feeling during this season. And that's why last week I talked about all I want for Christmas and many of us want is just our life to matter. What we want for Christmas is to wake up in the morning. What we want in life is to wake up in the morning and to say and to know that our life carries significance. And so with the story of the shepherds, what we saw was that in how Jesus came, who he was coming for, how the world worked was flipped on its head. What was insignificant is now significant. What was unimportant is now important. It didn't matter who you were. You were invited into the greater story of how Jesus, how God, through Jesus, was going to rescue and redeem humanity. That's what we got next week, last week. And the great thing is, is that we get to be a part of that story. And what matters more than being part of that big story? The only thing left for us to decide is how do we respond to that invitation? Are we going to believe? Are we going to worship? And are we going to use our lives to tell the story of why Jesus came and what he has done in your life? That was last week. That's something I think we want as we think about the Christmas season. I want my life to be significant, to matter. Now to this week. Now to the next thing that I think that, that we, I think, have a desire in our heart this Christmas. That I think for many people, what you would say you want for Christmas is found in the story we're going to read today. See, I told you about my grandfather, right? I told you about his hopes for a baby boy, how he just wanted to see end up being Jackson. He wanted to see Jackson before he left this earth. Well, the story that I said sounded a lot like that can be found in Luke chapter uh, 2, verse 21 is where it starts. It's actually the next thing that Luke tells us as he moves on in the story after what I spoke about last week. So Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Let me read it for you. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary, they took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written... In the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice keeping in what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. 
It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Now when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him what custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. This is what he said. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now the child's father and mother marveled, marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Now, my grandfather wanted to know that his name would move into the next generation. Well, here we have Simeon, and he had hopes and dreams of someone coming to this earth as well. But the difference between Simeon and my grandfather was simply this. Simeon had a promise that I could not give Grandpa more. Simeon had a promise that was given by God to him. Simeon had a promise that he was holding on to tightly. Now, for some of you, you haven't maybe heard of Simeon before. Or maybe you've forgotten who Simeon was in the Christmas story, right? Like Simeon isn't the one that we talk about a lot, right? Simeon isn't the one that's in the nativity scene. Simeon's not the one that we sing songs about. But Simeon, Simeon may be the one that you, without even knowing it, maybe could most closely be relatable in your life. Of all the people, Simeon may be your guy because it seems that Simeon has a desire in his heart that many of us have and it's heightened during the Christmas season. And this is his desire. He has a desire for peace to be restored in his life. If you read the story of Simeon, he has a deep desire for peace to be restored in his life. And I don't know if that hits home for any of you today. I don't know if I push you past the superficial. I don't know if I push you past the surface. I don't know if I push you beyond the places where we want to protect ourselves. So people don't see how we're really feeling or doing. I don't know if I pushed you, if the desire that seems like Simeon has would connect with the desire that you have. See, maybe for Christmas, the thing that you would say, all I want in my life is that peace would be restored in my everyday 
Peace would be restored so I could sleep better at night. Peace could be restored so I could wake up with hope and anticipation that maybe for you that there's something inside right now if we push past the surface that you would ask, God, if I could have one thing at Christmas, it would just be that peace is restored in my soul. Because we all have our stories, right? We all have our stories how this year our peace has, has been tested and in some cases actually been taken. We all have our stories. For some of you, like you've gone through some deep health issues this year that have really messed with your life. For some of you, you've dealt with family issues where there's been so much health issues that maybe even someone has passed away and you had to say goodbye to someone in your life. Maybe you've had chaos at work. Like, work has gotten messier, work has gotten more confusing, work has gotten more complex, work has just gotten chaotic, and so it's turned your world, and you're still spinning inside of work. Maybe for some of you, there's been peace stolen in your most important relationships. Maybe in marriage this year, we've seen marriages been stirred up through these past couple years. And destruction has happened. Turmoil has happened. Maybe it's in other part of your families. There's things that have come to the surface and you're dealing with messes and you don't have peace with the broader sense of your family. Maybe, maybe it's friendships. Or friendships once were tight, now they've been broken, they're fractured because we know there's been so much division, there's been so much tension, there's been so much argument, friendships have been hurt as we've been separated. And so you live in the mess and your peace has been kind of ruined. Maybe you just don't have peace because every day seems to be different. I don't know what I'm waking up to today. I don't know what's going to happen next month. I don't know where things are going. And so it has us living almost on an emotional edge. I don't have peace because I don't know what's about to happen. What could I bring up? A story that connects with you. And the moment I say it, maybe it's a decision that has to be made. And it's so tough and you don't know what decision to make. What could I bring up? That the moment I say it, you say, Scott, yeah, I would love for some peace to be restored in this. Because I honestly, if I was truthful with you, I don't feel great about this. We want peace to be restored. When I said earlier that Simeon may be the most relatable person to us, it's because this is the seat that Simeon is sitting in when we read this story. This is the seat that Simeon's sitting in before Jesus came. See, Simeon, I, it looks like he's been wrestling with the fullness of peace in his life. It seems like Simeon doesn't feel complete, doesn't have what he's been looking for. We don't know much about Simeon. Uh, the Bible doesn't give us much about this man. All we have is he's a righteous and devout man. 
All we have is that he believed that Jesus or God was coming to save the people. We know that he had the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. We know that he was obedient to God in his life. The Bible doesn't say a lot about Simeon, but it says enough. It says enough that he was waiting for a promise from God to become reality in his life so he could have peace. He was waiting in life to feel the peace of God. It was going to only happen in one way. So he waits. We don't know how long he waits. The story doesn't tell us how long Simeon waits, but we know that he waits. Now, I don't know if you remember from last week, but it reminded us that he wasn't the only one that waited. If you remember from last week, I told you that the gap between the New Testament and the Old Testament was 400 years of waiting, right? Like, this is an important part of the Christmas story because you've got to feel what they are feeling. So I reminded you, 400 years from the end of when God had really spoken in a deep way to the New Testament. So there you have people waiting, a bunch of people waiting, waiting for God to move, waiting for God to speak, waiting for God to do only what He can do. This is the seat that people are sitting in. That's what we find in Simeon. He is waiting. He is waiting. And I know we know what waiting feels like. We all wait for things. But I don't know if we understand how much waiting this took place. Do you know how, much, how long 400 years is of waiting? I mean, just to give perspective, 400 years, about 400 years ago was when the first King James Bible was published, about 400 years ago. About 400 years ago, William Shakespeare, person we know, died. About 400 years ago, the coal-burning oven was invented. About 400 years ago, you may enjoy this one, cheddar cheese was invented. About 400 years ago, a guy named Blaise Pascal invented what he called the adding machine. 400 years A lot happens in 400 years. Generations pass in 400 years. And this is where Simeon sits. He is in the story of waiting in that 400 years. But remember, what did Simeon have while he waited? What did Simeon have while he waited in this period? He had a promise. He had a promise that was given to him. He had a promise that he would not die before the Messiah would come. He would experience, he would see this Messiah. And maybe this promise is beyond you, right? Maybe you don't feel like you have promises like this. I don't often feel like I have a promise like this, but you know what? I have promises. You know what? You've got some promises. See, I've got some promises where all through Scripture, God promises that He will provide what I need in life. I know through Scripture that God promises that He will be with me in every single struggle that I have. 
I know throughout Scripture that God promises me that He will always forgive me. I know through Scripture that God promises He will give me wisdom when I ask for it. God promised me that there's nothing that can separate me from His love. I know that God promises me that He will guide my steps if I allow Him to. I know God's promises says that He will restore what is broken. I know that God's promises are that I can have eternity with Him. I know that God's promises are that He is working even when I don't see He is working. These are the promises that I have in God. Waiting is really hard. But when you understand the promises of God, when you understand what He has given us, while we wait, I think it allows us to endure when we want to quit. I think it allows us to hold on when we want to let go. I think it allows us to find a way to keep going when we do not want to. And this is what Simeon had. This is why the story of Simeon is important and why I think Luke puts this into his second chapter of his gospel is because he wants to see as part of this Christmas story, the story of God coming, that God gave Simeon a promise. And so Simeon, he holds on to this promise no matter what happens, no matter how long he waits. Even when waiting calls for a deep courage. Even when waiting calls for a stubborn patience. Even when waiting calls for a strong resilience. Even when waiting calls for a convicted trust. He waits. And he holds on. He waits. And he remembers these things. I think Simeon had these characteristics. Even when he didn't have complete peace in his life, Simeon had those things. But you know in your life, do you know in your life that sometimes when you feel like peace is out of reach, that you have to, or what calls for you in your life is to have a courage. When you don't have peace in your life, it calls for a deep grit or resilience. When you don't have peace in your life, it calls for you to be stubbornly patient. Patient beyond what we want to be patient with. It calls for a convicted, deep trust in what can be. So again, I think Simeon had these characteristics and so much more. And this is why it's important for him to be included as we talk about Christmas. Because I think in his story, it gives us two really powerful things that are important for your life and my life in this season as we walk into or in the middle of the Christmas season. The first thing is I think it gives us an encouragement to hold on, to keep holding on even when peace feels like it's out of reach. And I don't know your story right now. I don't know your story right now. 
But maybe you need an encouragement to keep holding on even though peace seems like it's out of reach. Because listen, you don't have to have the end of your story to still believe in the promises that God has given us. Because right now you may be waiting, you may be searching, you may be hoping, you may be crying out, God, I just need some peace. People think I'm okay right now, but what I need is my peace to be restored. What I need right now is for you to come in and do something deep inside of me because I don't feel at peace in this area of my life. See, even if it seems like you've been waiting forever, I think when Luke describes Simeon as a devout and righteous man, what this can do for us, it can show us that we can still be committed and passionate about God. Even when life's results aren't what we had hoped for. We can be committed and passionate about God even when the end hasn't really shown us it's going to work out the way we hope for. See, Simeon still believed while he waited for God to deliver on his promise. Simeon still believed while he waited for God to deliver on his promise and I said there's two things that was the first the second is this we need maybe this morning need a reminder that God always follows through on his promises that God always follows through on his promises see I know this is probably said every Christmas I know that I say this in regular life but could I say this enough can I say this too much that life lets us down over and over. People let us down over and over. Our life takes us on a roller coaster of high moments and low moments. We often in life feel how life is so fragile. Life never seems to deliver on its promises, but then there is the story of God. Life never seems to deliver, but then there's the story of God. God never told Simeon when he was going to deliver on the promise. He just told him he was going to deliver him on the promise. And it seems like Simeon was okay with that and he trusted in that promise. And so maybe for someone today, that's the reminder that you need. Maybe that's the reminder you need. That God always follows through on his promises. And maybe you don't feel that you have a specific promise from God. Maybe right now you're like, God, I don't know if you're speaking specific promise to me like you spoke to Simeon. But maybe you need to be reminded of the promises I said earlier. The promises of God is that he will provide what I need in life. The promises of God are that He will meet me, He will be with me in all of my struggles. The promises of God are that He will forgive me no matter what I do in life. The promises of God is that He will give me wisdom when I ask for it. The promises of God are nothing can separate me from His love. The promises of God are He will guide my steps if I allow Him to. 
The promises of God is He will restore what is broken. The promises of God is that He has given me eternity with Him. The promises of God is that He is working even when I don't know He is working. And maybe as you hear these promises, there's something that the Holy Spirit can speak into you where it begins to feed your soul and you can keep holding on. Maybe you can feed your soul that circumstances aren't necessarily changing, but you've got something you can now hold on to. Because the beautiful part is they're not promises that Pastor Scott is making you. The promises are something deeper for you that have been promised and fulfilled time and time and time again as people have given themselves to God. So the question from you this morning where's your peace at Christmas see last week I read what the angels said to the shepherds right let me remind you what they said glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whose favor rests glory to God in heaven And on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Well, the moment that Simeon holds Jesus in his arms, he says the famous words, if you know his life, he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have what? Promised. You may now dismiss your servant in what? Peace. In the coming of Jesus, peace has entered the world. Can't you hear about peace all the time, but you just need it one more time? Can't you hear about the promises of God so much, but still need it one more time? How is your peace this Christmas? See, what we're going to do is we're going to end the service as we often do. In worship, and I want to offer you a chance just to say, God, I try to keep it down low, but then Scott's got to talk about it. I want to keep it down low under the surface, but then Scott's got to talk about it. And there is an area in my life that I don't feel at peace. And so, what we do if this is not you're just here for the first time or you haven't been part of this we we open these altars always can I just tell you these altars are open during worship when I speak when we worship at the end like whenever God is speaking to you they're always open but I want to open them to you because maybe there's something that you tried to hide tried to keep down and there's Scott trying to bring it to the surface. Can I just tell you, I don't think it's God. I think sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And he speaks, and he's like, you don't have to live in this lack of peace. If you come and bring it to me, I want to speak into it. Maybe the circumstances don't change like this. But maybe you're reminded of the promises of God so you have something to hold on to. You're reminded that the peace comes as you experience the presence of God in your life and so that's what we're going to do we're going to end in worship and this Christmas if there's something that is stirring in you just let God do a work in you can I pray Heavenly Father 
you're always doing a work in us. But sometimes we resist the truth. Sometimes we resist the truth and we run from the truth. But God, there's something in us that we don't feel at peace with. And the only remedy is your presence coming into our lives. So God, I just ask you to speak to your people. This Christmas season, remind them what you've promised them. Remind them the peace that comes from you. That our hope for peace is only found in the person of Jesus. Our hope is found in the person of Jesus and the presence of Him in our lives. Everything He's done for us. So God, may we not run from this, but embrace it and say, God, will you bring peace to me this Christmas? Speak to us as we finish by worshiping you and reminding ourselves of where our hope for peace is found. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.